Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So how did Nehemiah tackle the enormity of the task that confronted him? The city walls were in ruin. The people were demoralised, humiliated and beaten. As we heard last week, for Nehemiah, the vision, his vision was his driving force. It was clear and it was simple. Its message was understandable by everyone. He didn't need an army of theologians, of psychologists, analysts, or even politicians to interpret it. It was a simple message. Rebuild the walls. So what did he do? Firstly, he gathered the people together and laid out the problem to them. In in chapter 2, he says, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the glorious, the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. When we are thinking about beginning to rebuild our new church community, the message from Nehemiah is clear. Have a clear and unambiguous vision of what we want to do. Keep it simple. There is power in simplicity. The second thing Nehemiah did is he got everybody involved. I love chapter three in this book. When you first look at it, you'd be forgiven for thinking it's just a long list of names and the jobs people did. If you did, you'd be absolutely right. That's what it is, a long list. For Nehemiah lists everybody who played a part. But what is important is that they are all given credit for what they have done. Where else would we hear about the sons of Hassanah who rebuilt the fish gate in Malkja? Sorry, and Malkja, the son of Rechab, who had the unenviable task of rebuilding the dung gate. That must have smelt a bit. Nehemiah got everyone who was able to get involved, involved in the work. And what's more, he thanked them properly for their contribution. When we begin to rebuild our new and vibrant Christian community, we need to remember that everyone has a part to play. Everyone needs to be involved and everyone needs to be acknowledged and thanked. There is no room to sit back and to say that's for someone else to do. The time for us is to get involved is now. Not everyone has to do everything though. For Nehemiah, everyone had a specific part to play. They had their own part of the wall to build. So do we. And this is our challenge. This is the time to pray. To ask God what you and what I and what we can do together. No one person rebuilt the walls. No one person can rebuild our walls. It was the collective responsibility of everyone that made the enormous task of rebuilding these walls at all possible collective responsibility that's you and me and us
we all have a part to play and we all need to encourage one another and recognize what each one of us is doing. So he gathered everyone together. He got everyone involved. But there are other lessons to learn from the story of Nehemiah and his vision for rebuilding. Nehemiah had clear but adaptable plans. Clear but adaptable plans. His vision was absolutely crystal clear. But he needed to revise the plan throughout. He had lots of opposition to his plan. He knew he was going to have to change things, but he needed to keep people with him and to keep people on board. Of rebuilding the wall to revolt and tapes and other groups. As we heard in the story a little while ago, Sambalat tried many times to get him to stop work. And some and some people were really trying to just put him off completely. Sambalat wanted to keep coming and discuss it. That way he could then take over. There were lots of plotting going on in this story. But Nehemiah knew this was a plot and he was focused. He refused to go to see Sambalat. So then Sambalat persuaded some of the people to try and get him to lock himself in the temple, to shut himself there so that he went into retreat, claiming this was for his, was for his own safety. What did he do? Did he go? No, he didn't. He simply prayed. He says, but I prayed, now strengthen my hands. Nehemiah was having none of it. He kept to his focus, but he changed his plans. So what about us? We need that prayer more than ever. Lord, strengthen our hands. Help us grow in confidence to know that we can do so much more for God than we ever thought possible. A couple of weeks ago, we were privileged to have had a virtual visit from the president of the Methodist Conference. We were able to share some of the, um, the, the highlights of worship at Hounslow over the past year, and, and it was very much seen as something to celebrate the way in which we've managed to keep our worship going over the last year. What was striking to me in talking to the president was just how much so many people had achieved, how much we have learnt, how much we have to give thanks for. And I don't just mean the technology, which, let's be honest, for most of us has been amazing the way we've moved on. But I mean what's even, what's even more amazing has been, have been the creative ways in which people have been able to express their faith through prayers, music readings and so many different ways. It was lovely to hear Shaquille's voice earlier sharing the psalm with us. It's good to hear reflections and meditations and all those different things that different people have got involved doing. We have achieved so much. Let's not beat ourselves up over it. We have done so well in what we have done. But I believe that the message of Nehemiah tells us that there is so much more to do. So much more. So he gathered the people together. He got everyone involved. He had clear plans, but they were adaptable. But also, Nehemiah didn't lose people by the wayside. He took care of those in need, whatever their needs were. 
In that part of the story we looked at, he, he hit a problem into the building where a number of people came to him saying that there was a big problem here. That it was getting too much. They couldn't keep going. And I quote from chapter five. With our sons and our daughters, we are many. We must get grain so that we may eat and stay alive. There were also those who said we are having to pledge our fields, our vineyards and our houses in order to get grain during the famine. And there were those to pay the king's tax. When Nehemiah heard of what was going on, the taxing that was going on of people, the, the making it very difficult for them to survive themselves, while some people were getting richer, the poorer, the poor were getting poorer. He was angry. Nehemiah was angry. These owners, priests and rulers had been making money out of the very people who were building. This was just wrong. Nehemiah knew it and so did they. He gathered them all together and basically told them that this had to stop and it had to stop now. He says, I sh also shook out the fold of my garment and said, so may God shake out everyone from the house and from property who does not perform this promise. Thus may they be shaken out and emptied. But they all kept their promise. And they all praised God and shouted, Amen. When we plan our own rebuilding in the way that we choose to develop our church, we mustn't be afraid to speak truth to power. We must speak out against the things that are wrong in our community and our world. I could begin to list them today, but I mentioned a few of them last week, and I know that the Reverend Adam mentioned quite a few of the previous week. I suspect you can list many of those yourselves. But we need to speak out against it. But what I believe most of all we need is to hold on to hope. It is a hope of a better world that led Nehemiah to build the wall, and it should be hope that drives us forwards. There's been a strong Methodist presence in Hounslow for over 150 years. We now have the challenge to consider what that might look like in our post-COVID world. Archbishop Desmond Tutu once said, hope is being able to see that there is a light despite all of the darkness. Hope is being able to see that there is a light despite all of the darkness. Just hold on to hope. But also, take time to dream. We need people who can dream who can dream dreams and be creative in looking at what can be possible for the future. Hold on to hope, but also dream dreams. All good stories have a great ending, and that's true with Nehemiah. And that time for the completion of the walls. We heard a little bit about the walls being built. We heard about the holes in the doors and everything else. But there was a point in time when Nehemiah realized that vision, that his hopes and dreams were realized. Let's hear what happened. <laughs> Thank you.
2nd of October, the wall was finished, just 52 days after they had begun. When all the enemies who were surrounding heard about this, they were frightened and humiliated. They realised that the work had been done with the help of God. During those 52 days, there were many letters that went back and forth between Tobiah and the nobles of Judah. For many in Judah had sworn allegiance to him because his father-in-law was Shechaniah the son of Ara, and his son Johanan was married to the daughter of Meshulam, son of Berechiah. And so many people were involved in working together. Nehemiah used his influence. He knew people. He worked with people. He made sure things were done. He used his cunning in order to make sure this happened. But the wall was complete. The people gathered together and they praised God and they gave thanks and they had one hullabaloo of a party. And that is the story of a great leader.